Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. You know, tonight um, I have a, a word I'd like to encourage you all with. Um, and it really is a word um, centered around faith. And it's a very simple word. And um, it's not necessarily a word um, that you're going to be blown away by, but if you are, good. Um, but it really is uh, something that has just been laying on my heart. And I love that it's, I love that God is just so very simple. Thank goodness, right? Because <laughs> if it got any more complicated, we would be stuffed. I love that He just makes the kingdom. So very simple for us to understand. And I think sometimes we are the ones that overcomplicate things. Um, there are, there are there's like a phrase of words that we see all the time in the Old and the New Testament. And they're not, they're not deep. It's not a deep phrase. It's not theologically, you know, um, like, wow. It's just very simple. The words are simply this. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid afraid. And we hear it all the time and we read it all the time was the words that was given to um, Abraham when God gave him the promise that would literally change the trajectory of all of humanity. Do not be afraid. I will be your shield and your great reward. It was the words that he gave to uh, Joshua before taking over Moses, right? Those are some big shoes to fill. The guy who split the Red Sea, you're going to take his job. That's a big job. And, and God says to Joshua, uh, be, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, for I am the Lord your God and I will be with you. Do not be afraid. It's the words that Jesus said to the disciples when they're on the boat and the storm is raging. And he says, do not be afraid. It's the words that he says to Jairus. When his daughter has died, and that's where we're going to land today in Mark chapter 5, where his daughter has died, and he, he looks at Jairus and he says, don't be afraid, just believe. And I, I like the simplicity of that. Don't, don't be afraid, just believe. I think sometimes we like to be afraid and believe. <laughs> you know, are you going to be afraid and believe? I, I'm not sure that you can do both at the same time. One has to outweigh the other. And when one outweighs the other, that determines our actions. Right? Don't, don't be afraid. Just believe. Jesus also says things uh, like this, this one particular phrase that I love, where he talks about the fact that we should have childlike faith. You know, you know what I'm saying? Unless you have faith like a child, you cannot, you will not enter the kingdom of God. Unless, you, unless we have faith like a child, you can't receive it. You can't be in it. We want to have faith like theologians. Why? That's not helpful. It's helpful to have faith like a child. It's not helpful to have faith that's real deep. It's just faith, it's, 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 it's real helpful to have childlike faith. Now, let's not make the mistake. There's childlike faith, and then there's just childish. They're very different, right? There's childlike faith, 
and childish, you know, uh, childish faith might be the kind of faith where you would just stand in one place and stamp your feet and have a tantrum, right? Have a, have a wee tantrum. God, why? Why are you doing this? Why? Not to, not to ever devalue the pain that, or the struggle or the challenge, but what is a childlike faith? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Well, can I have it now? Can I have it now? Can I have it now? Well, can I have it now? No. Can I have it now? No. Just wait. Can I have it now? No. Like, won't even take no for an answer, right? The memory of a goldfish. Past experience doesn't determine my level of hope. Can I have it now? Can I have it now? Can I have it now? There's a child like, I like kids. I look at, I look at the kids down the front. They don't care about you. They don't care about what you think about them. They're down the front partying away, praising. I saw a couple of the, the older guys come down the front and they're dancing. <laughs> and they just started dancing like this. And I'm like, they just don't care. They don't care about what they look like. They don't care about what a couple, you know, couple hundred people think about them. They just don't care. Oh, I came here to have a good time. You, you all came to my party. You, know? <laughs> you all came here for me. This whole thing's for me. I own this place. I love childlike faith. Do you remember when we were kids? I remember. I remember when um, I watched a lot of cartoons. Myself and my brothers, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, my brothers were particular, in particular fans of um, lots of the superhero cartoons. Um, X-Men, um, that was like real big. Um, Power Rangers, for the oldies, yeah, come on. Um, for the super oldies, maybe um, Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Amazing. Now, um, when myself and my two older brothers, when we were younger, uh, we weren't allowed to watch TV, and, and you know, we had just certain TV times we were allowed, uh, but when we weren't allowed to watch TV, what we would do is we would play. Not on a PlayStation. Not on cellular devices, because they did not exist. But we would, we would play pretend. And I loved it, because I'm the only girl and I'm the youngest, so it meant that if we played X-Men, my brothers had to fight over who would be Wolverine, but I was allowed to be Storm, as well as Jean Grey, as well, I could be all the girl characters, it was amazing. If we played Power Rangers, I could be both the pink and the yellow Power Ranger. They were the girl ones. If we played Captain Planet, I could be wind and water. They were the female powers. Right, so I was, we loved it, and we would play all the time, all day. We, we, we would play, and we would imagine, and we would, um, we would tie sheets, you know, around our necks, and then we would run up and down our really long hallway. We would get in our lounge, and we would jump from couch to couch to couch, and we would sing the theme songs, and it was amazing. Do you know what we never did? What we never did was sit around and be like, you know, one day, I want to grow up and be really average. <laughs> we never did that. 
Yeah, as kids, we were like, we are here to save the world. If there is any evil that will cross our doorstep, it will be met with furious good. And we were convinced we could save the world. We were convinced that we were the main characters in our own story. We were convinced that no matter what happened to us, we would always, always come out on top. We never, ever dreamed that one day, I'm just going to blend into the background. Oh, I can't wait for that day. Oh, I can't wait to grow up and be super average and just live a super average life. No, because when you're kids, you don't dream like that. But somehow we grow up and then we're growing up like a badge of honor. What for? <laughs> Why? Do you know, one of the best things I've, I've known about a relationship with Jesus is that in me, I truly believe that I can be a part of changing the world. I do, I do. I do. How about you? This is what I love about kids. A couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, two Sundays ago, we had a baptism service in Auckland. I love baptism services. And, uh, and what we do in Auckland is we get everyone up who's going to be baptized, and we get a couple people um, who want to to share a little testimony. It's, f- it's just phenomenal. And we get to hear these phenomenal stories. Now, as of late, our, our last few baptism services, we've had lots of youth and kids get baptized, and it's been phenomenal, and I'm, I'm not just, uh, these, these kids and these youth, they have a, a depth of understanding of the decision that they're making, um, and I was blown away by this one girl, she was 11 years old, and she stands on the stage in front of uh, 500 people, and she has the microphone, and she says something that is so incredibly profound, and I'm blown away by this 11-year-old girl who stands there and says, hi, my name is Chloe, and I'm 11, and I'm going to get baptized today because I just want to see what Jesus will do in my life. And I was like, can you hear this girl talking on the stage? Who is she? You know, the thing, the thing I love about kids is they have this incredible, curious faith. I just wonder what Jesus will do. I've been learning about Jesus. I've been hearing about him. So I'm making this decision because I wonder what he could do through my life. I think this is what Jesus was talking about when he was talking about having childlike faith. The simple faith that truly believes that we can do something incredible on planet earth through God but also the kind of sit on my edge kind of of, of like the edge of my seat kind of curiosity, like what could God do through me? What I love about kids is their curiosity far outweighs the fear of what they know. You gotta understand this 11-year-old girl, was it scary talking to 500 people like you? Yes, yes, but she's standing there going, yeah, that's scary, but I'm far more curious about what God might do, so I'll get baptized. Oh, that's my earring, oh, sister got ghetto. Thanks, if you could just hold it, okay, 
Yeah, I'll keep them together, otherwise they get lost. <laughs> Are you guys even going to listen anymore? You're not, eh? No, okay, come on, come on. But you, you know what I'm saying? That kids have this curiosity. Come on, when was the last time we had this curiosity of faith? Or has our faith just been surrounded by complaining? Or our faith has been surrounded or tainted by experience. I'm not saying that we should ever discount experience, but what I am saying is that kids have this curiosity, right? No, you can't do that. Why not? <laughs> no, you can't go there. Are you sure? Because <laughs> I'm going to walk there right now. <laughs> why? Because why? they start to get curious about why can't I break that limit? Why can't I go there? Why not? Who said? Are you sure? And so I love that kind of curiosity. Tonight, I simply want to talk about that kind of curiosity of faith and to ensure that we are people who live by faith. Turn to Mark and chapter five, and we're going to go through this super quick. Say super quick. Oh, you're so good. Okay. We're going to go through this, and this is the story of uh, Jairus. And also the woman with the issue of blood. It's this, these two stories that, that kind of merge together into one. Uh, chapter 5 and verse 21, I'm reading from the NLT, says this. Jesus got into the boat again, went back to the other side of the lake, where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. There, a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her and heal her so she can live. Verse 24, insane words, Jesus went with him. Now, if you're taking notes, the first thing about childlike faith or living a life by faith and not by fear is that faith asks. Faith asks. See, the thing is, verse 21 says that Jesus got into the boat, and when he got to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. There was a large crowd there. You've got to understand that wherever Jesus went, large crowds gathered. Thousands, 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 thousands of people saw Jesus. Do you know few people Few people actually interacted with him. Fewer still actually got to touch him. Fewer still actually got to have time with him. Here's the thing. We're in a crowd here. Jesus had a crowd of people. How many people in that crowd do you think had needs? How many people in that crowd do you think Jesus could have met their needs miraculously? How many people asked? One. We have a crowd of people here with needs, with desires. You need a miracle. You need breakthrough in your life. But I'll ask you a question. What are you doing here? Why did you come? Why are you here? Did you come here to sit in a crowd and watch Jesus? Or did you come here for a miracle? 
Or did you come here for breakthrough? Or did you come here to actually ask? Because fear will keep silent, but faith will be cheeky enough to ask. How many people sitting there had that need? How many people needed Jesus to have a miracle done in their life? But only Jairus, he seems to be the only one that asks. Faith will ask. Come on, do we just come here and clap and read the word and then leave and ask Jesus to and, and expect Jesus to do something? We don't even ask. Come on, you've got to ask. You got to do you know the enemy of asking is not silence, it's assumption. That's what it is. We don't ask because we just assume. We just assume Jesus has got more important things to do. We assume other people have more needs than us. We assume Jesus will get to us at some point. We assume, we assume that we are slaves instead of sons and daughters. We assume that we're on the outside. We assume the character of God incorrectly and we don't ask. But remember childlike faith? Can I have it now? What about now? Okay, what about now? Okay. Yeah, I saw you do it in them, so I know you can do it. Can you do it in me now? Can I, okay, what about me? Right? And so tonight, I pray, you, I pray you open your mouth and ask. I pray you become aware of where you are. Because these words in verse 24, Jesus went with him. Hey, Jesus, my daughter is dying. Can you come and heal my daughter? Jesus, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's as simple as it was. Jesus, can you come and heal? Jesus went with him. Jesus, can you come and move? Okay. <laughs> Jesus, why haven't you moved? Oh, did you didn't ask. What are you yelling at me for? <laughs> what? <laughs> We've got to ask. We've got to be the kind of people that ask. I love asking. Asking is, is an assumption that you're ready for change. Asking is an assumption that you're ready for action. Asking is saying, oh, okay, um, I'm just, I'm ready. When I ask, it's now the ball is in your court. The ball is in your court, God. I want you to do what only you can do. Come on, some of you guys, you're paralyzed because you haven't asked. And you need to ask. And when we ask, we ask with faith. We ask as sons and daughters. We don't ask as slaves. We ask as sons and daughters. That's how we need to ask. God, I thank you that you're my father. I thank you that you're my source. I thank you that you're king of kings and lord of lords. I thank you that you're sovereign. And as the sovereign king and as the daughter of a sovereign king, I present my request to you. I need you to break through in my family. I need you to break through in my finance. That's how we ask. We don't ask as slaves. We ask as sons and daughters. And life has taught us sometimes otherwise. Okay, I gotta move on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, faith asks. Come on, get your ask on. Get your crazy ask on in Jesus' name. All right. Okay. Shelly, Shelly, Pastor Shelly, get ready because I, it's going to end very soon. Okay. And um, so the story carries on. Jesus went with him. 
Uh, next thing, there was a, a woman that shows up and she touches the edge of Jesus' cloak and he feels power leave him. And again, this is a movement of faith because Jesus says, who touched me? And the disciples are like, um, Jesus, there's people everywhere. What do you mean? Everyone's touching you. And he says, no, 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 no. I felt power leave me. Someone touched me with like a faith and I felt power leave me. And this woman with this issue for 12 years touches Jesus with faith and she gets healed. And it's this miraculous moment. But in the middle of this moment, Jairus is standing there. Can you imagine? With like a watch, like uh, Jesus, my, my daughter, that's kind of urgent. This chick's had an issue for 12 years. It's still going to be here tomorrow. Just you can, you can get back to her. But my daughter is dying now. And he's standing there like, well, what's going to happen? And then uh, someone walks up to Jairus and just whispers in his ear, Jairus, your daughter is dead. Don't bother Jesus. Let's, let's just go. Let's take care of the business we need to take care of. And Jairus is standing there. Can, you ever been in that position where Jesus said he would do something? And it appears that he didn't. Where he said, he went with you. And he said, yeah, I'll do it for you. But you're standing in a situation and it's dead. And it's gone and it seems like he's forgotten. You ever been there? Faith asks. And secondly, faith forgives. Can you imagine the disappointment, the discouragement? Can you imagine the anger, the offense? Can you imagine? And Jairus stands there and he just looks at Jesus. And this is the moment where Jesus looks at Jairus. And he says to Jairus, don't. Be afraid. Just believe. Don't be afraid. I know things seem messed up right now. Don't be afraid. I know things seem out of control. I know it seems like I haven't kept my word, but don't be, just believe. Jairus, just believe. And there's this moment I looked up what the word forgive means. In the Greek, it means to leave, to go from one place, to leave from one place in order to get to another. That's what it means to forgive. That emotionally, I need to leave this place of offense and disappointment and discouragement and self-complaining and self-pity. I need to leave this place because God said, I've got a miracle. He told me it doesn't look like it's going to happen, but I've got to forgive. Some of us need to forgive people. Some of us need to forgive the process. We, we, don't, we, we forget how necessary the process is for our healing. 
We think one doesn't have anything to do with another. It has everything to do. You think that was a coincidence? And oopsie daisy, I just forgot about you for a second, Jairus. Let me just correct that. That's not Jesus. Do you know there is no Hebrew word for coincidence? It doesn't exist because God doesn't deal in coincidences. He doesn't deal in oops, things just happen. Because if things just happen, that would imply that there are things that are out of God's control. That's not a thing. So when Jesus seemingly gets interrupted, it was all a part of Jairus' process. All a part of Jairus, do you see the faith of this woman? Jairus, do you see her faith? Jairus, do you see how things are shifting for her? Jairus, don't be afraid. Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe. It's so important. And in order, to, in, in order to get to the place of the miracle where Jesus was gonna raise this girl from the dead, he had to leave the place of disappointment. He had to leave the place of offense. He had to leave the place where the process offended him so much. Yeah, I grew up in, a, in, a, in a, an amazing family, but my dad was an angry man, and I grew up in a home of domestic violence. And so when I say you, you gotta forgive a person or a process, I'm someone who's familiar with forgiveness. And I remember the first time Jesus asked me to forgive my dad. My dad had had a heart attack, and my dad texted me to let me know he had a heart attack. Of all the things to do, Dad. Just, hi, Esther, I've had a heart attack. I parked my car in the emergency zone. Could you come and move it so I don't get a ticket? Literally the text. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Dad. And so I'm, I'm driving to go see my dad. And on the way to driving to see my dad, um, I hear God say, Esther, forgive your father. And I said, no, no. I continue driving and God says again, Esther, forgive your father. Before you get to that hospital, you forgive your dad. And I said, no, you've forgiven him. Why should I? Why does he need my forgiveness? And I remember parking the car and going to go see my dad. And I was walking to his hospital room and God said, Esther, if until, until you forgive your father, you will never let me be yours. And I stood there and I wept and I wept and I wept before seeing my dad. And I released my dad from my judgment, from my blame. I released my dad as the one who was to own my wounds and who was to own my scars and to own every broken filter that I ever grew up with. And here's, here's, here's the thing. If I didn't forgive my dad at that point, to this day, he would still, he would still have the power to write lessons of rejection on my life. If I didn't release if I didn't release him from my offense to this very day in my marriage, he would be writing distrust. 
he would be writing hopelessness. He would still have the power to write those lessons into my present and into my future. Forgiveness doesn't, make, doesn't mean my dad's off the hook. It simply means you don't get the power to write on my life anymore. You don't get the power to write my story, my past, this experience. It doesn't get to write my story. Now Jesus said, and Jesus now writes the story. Hope writes the story. Love writes the story. Joy, peace, that writes the story. This is why we gotta forgive. If we don't forgive offense, bitterness, it writes the story. Fear, insecurity, it writes the story. We must forgive. And it takes faith. It takes faith. But when we forgive, the story changes. We put on our cape again and we start jumping around our lounge and we start believing again and we hold our head a little bit higher and we start dreaming a little bit wilder and things start to get crazy in your life in a good way. Faith forgives. And lastly, Faith follows. Jesus says, Jairus, don't be afraid. (laughs) Just believe. And it says that Jesus started walking to Jairus' house. Interestingly enough, Jairus had to also leave (laughs) and just walk (laughs) and follow. I think the power of one foot in front of another is insane. Jesus doesn't deal in leaps of faith. He deals in a simple walk, always. You are not required to leap or fly. You are simply required to put one foot in front of the other. Pick up the phone, make a phone call. One foot in front of the other. Have a conversation. One foot in front of the other. Release your judgment. One foot in front of the other dare to ask, one foot in front of the other. Sometimes I'm tempted to agree with Jesus on Sunday and do nothing on Monday. Sometimes, a lot of the time. Because if I were you, I'd be sitting in that seat going, oh, great word. Man, you put forgiveness like that, that sounds like a great idea. I don't know if I want to actually do it though. That's, I completely agree with you. I don't know if I want to do it. I completely agree with the whole asking situation, but I'm not sure if, I'm, if I can actually do it. There's one thing to agree, it's another thing to move to action. Is this even, it is working. It's another thing to move to action. I'll, I'll finish with this. Um, in Exodus 14, I've been reading the first five books of the Bible quite religiously, for lack of a better word. <laughs> and I've been really, I've been loving it. And I've not just been reading it, but I've also been uh, researching a little bit of the original language it was written in Hebrew, and also reading some uh, like r- rabbinical scholarly commentary on it, uh, just so I can understand more and more of the character of God and the simplicity of faith. Exodus 14 is insane. That's Moses and splitting the Red Sea, the sea in front of them and the Egyptians behind them and the Israelites have been released from slavery and they're standing there and they see the Red Sea and they can see the Egyptians coming up behind them super, super fast. And as they are there, 
what do they start do? Like most of humanity, like you and I, they start complaining. Oh God, why? This is so difficult. No, we're gonna die either way. This sucks. I so prefer slavery. Oh, take me back to the good old slavery days. And then God, and, and, and Moses starts to plead to God, right? Um, God, like, what are you doing right now? <laughs> the whole nation, it looks like we're gonna die either way. What's up? And God, by the way, that's my own version of the Bible. So don't look for that version somewhere. It's not like the Passion Translation or anything. And so this is happening. And then God says in verse 14, He says, what are, you, what are you talking to me for? He says, tell the people to move forward. Tell the people to go. And then it talks about what happens, about the pillar of smoke and it moves to the back of the camp so the Israelites can't get, the, the Egyptians can't get through and uh, they're there. And then it says the wind starts to blow all night to split the Red Sea. Now rabbinical commentary says this. It says in verse 14, at the point where God says, tell the people to move forward. Moses told the people to move forward. And there was a group of people who while the sea was yet to split, started to move. And God was saying, tell them to move forward. The miracle's not gonna come until they move, until they move. So God had started splitting the Red Sea from the back to the front, not the front to the back. Giving them time, come on, move, move, move. So they say that the Israelites started to move into the water. And for some of them at the front, the water had reached their necks. And at that point, the point of, hmm, I don't know if this was a good idea, but I'm stuck now. That the water right, was right up to their necks. And at that point, the sea split in front of them from the back to the front. Why? Why? Because miracles don't come to cowardly, timid people who are ruled by fear. They don't. They come to people who move with faith, who get their feet wet. God was always going to do it, but He's not going to split. He's already started the miracle from the back to the front. It's on its way to you, but you've got to get your feet wet. You've got to leave a place to go to another. You've got to move. We've got to move. And sometimes it feels like we're going to drown, but it's all good. He is the King of the ocean. He's in control of it all. Faith follows. God, you said go, I'll go. God, you said go, I'll go. Faith asks. Faith forgives. Faith follows. Not just agreement, but action. I mean, Nike had it right. You just got to do it. Just do it. Just do it. Do it with wisdom. Do it with good counsel. Do it with God's strength, but do it. Do it. Go on, hope again, try again, dream again, believe again, forgive again, walk again, go again. Go, 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 do it. Move to action. When you move to action, faith is released. Faith is released. And when faith is released, mountains move. In Jesus' name, what I understand. Thanks for listening to this podcast. 
check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.